this is John Cloud Jones. This is Clay Thompson of the Golden State Warriors. Yo, it's your boy Buddy Hughes. This is Jazz the Kid Chisholm. And you? Logged on to 10th Year Seniors. The 10th Year Seniors. 10th Year Seniors. You logged in with 10th Year Seniors. Welcome to the 10th Year Seniors Podcast Network. This is the read option and our week six lines. We unfortunately are not rich yet, but we're working on it. We too hope to someday post about how we couldn't get into a building and then we bought it. That's, that's the wave nowadays. I mean, that's where I want to end up. But where I want to start is, who says do you dig at the beginning of the pod? That's Buddy. <laughs> My over on that being somebody else was really high. I, I never expected that to be Buddy, but... Yeah. I feel like with the list of people that did the drops... You could kind of obviously tell us, buddy. No, I couldn't. I couldn't. I was like, okay, I understand. I, I know all the other voices, but the thing is always get me. Uh, okay. Well, as with any NFL content we bring to you, we have to remind you that in the 21st century, Colin Kaepernick was blackballed from this league for peacefully protesting police brutality against minorities. We should all be conflicted about how much we love and follow this stuff. But we do. And here we are. And like I said in the open, still not rich. Wasn't a great week for me. You one step closer to being rich. <sighs> parlays gotta hit this week. That's the plot. <sighs> do the parlays ever hit? Anyway, speaking of parlays, let's get into the format. We do five picks, straight money line, winners and losers. Each one of us will have our lock of the week. Each one of us will pick one underdog to cover the spread. Then we get into the fun with our parlays. That's where you could have all the freedom to do whatever it is you want. How much freedom and money on the line. Everything is tense. It's I been mean, a very stressful period in my life. I mean, I'm now doing 10-part parlays, so... Yeah, because, you know... I'm you know, an anarchist. I, 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 I was about to say, you, yeah. you you want that problem, I just want the money. I like chaos. Mm. And so it's been kind of the calling card of my life, it's the way <laughs> things go. We're not going to do the ones we lost today, because there is nobody on the list I wanted to get to, but we have two for the ones we gained. Born on this day would have been 48 if he wasn't murdered by Derek Chauvin. George Floyd kind of changed the way people view a lot of things over the last few years in one sense and in the other sense just drove a bigger wedge in between everything in America. It, no, it's funny how the story has really, you know, morphed over over the process of time because when it initially happened, it was it was that moment in time we all remember where we were when we watched the tape and now to see us about what, a year, almost two years later. Yeah it's almost like people look back at that moment and there's so many mixed reactions to it. And I, I find it funny the way you said it earlier, murdered by Derek Chauvin. Well, we, we, can forget- say that, we can say that officially no, now. No, what I mean to say is... jail for it. Which is true. What I mean to say murderer. is it was a team of officers. It wasn't just... Like, he didn't operate alone. Oh, yeah, I yeah, mean, yeah. He, he had the most serious blow in the process, but it was a team of officers that assisted that process. And it's just wild that we here in 2021 still dealing with issues like that. I mean, it's never going to stop. Michelin lips. Also born on this day, 54 years old, my guy. One of the most polarizing figures in media, Stephen A. Smith. So many quotes you could get from Stephen A. Smith. I have just two. Go ahead. You, you seem like you have a lot of Stephen A. Smith things you need to get off your I, chest. I feel like over the last few years, his whole ESPN shtick, I just can't get on with it no more. It's, it's ridiculous. Pros and cons. Anyway, let's get to the Stephen A. quotes. This is one of my favorite ones. When they say to me, screaming A, like I'm the only dude on air who's loud. I know plenty of white dudes who are screaming and going off. 
they're called passionate. I'm called loud. That's true. That is true. Mike and the Mad Dog made an entire career and gave oh. birth to everything sports radio from being loud and wild. I can hammer my head now. Just, just like you said, dripping out. It's funny. But it's different. Another one from Stephen A. Smith. You can criticize me. You can crucify me. You can love me. You can hate me. Just don't make the mistake of calling me inauthentic because you'd be a damn liar. I actually wish I had a good Stephen A. Smith impression so I could have delivered it like him. You could drop it in there. Yeah, I can't do it. I can't and make sure it when you drop it in there, drop a call me by line. Try to figure out why he was on them campuses with them kids. Who, call me bro? No, Stephen A. That's his line to Stephen A. all the time. Where was Stephen? I don't know this one. What? No, I don't Did know. Did you not one. follow the Kwame Brown Stephen A. feud over the summer? I I kind of trailed off very quickly on the Kwame, Kwame Brown, Brown stuff because uh, he aligned himself with some people I ain't trying to align myself uh, with or listen to anything they have to say. So. Fair point. But what he what he was basically saying is he was commenting on how Stephen A. and his approach to covering him derailed his entire career. So he was like Stephen Your A. Your career derailed because you couldn't catch the damn ball and finish. Sorry, go ahead. Shout out Kobe. Rip to the mambo. <laughs> what? Kobe's the one who started the whole thing. He can't, well, Jordan started, and of course, Kobe could finish it. Couldn't catch the ball. I mean, small hands. Also, wow, okay. But the thing about Stephen A. Smith, like, I get the pros and cons about him, but he really, he's, he's a black journalist who has now become pretty much the face of the worldwide leader in sports, and I think he deserves some kind of credit for that. He, he's more entertainer than he is journalist. Like, that is obvious. And I don't think anybody still thinks this is the same guy who was pounding the pavement for the Philadelphia Inquirer. That's not the space that he's operating in now. But he's learned to evolve with the game and find his way in there. Right. And to be honest, with the power that they've given him, he's trying to empower a lot of minority voices. They have a whole HBCU day on first Off take. Off the to him, yeah. And I... God help him, but boy, I know them ratings about to plummet because as long as they don't have white man, black man arguing, that ain't what people are trying to see. But he's trying to do what he can with his platform. I give him that. I mean, when you really and truly look at it, it's only a handful of black reporters that made it through the ESPN. You know, when you look at Mike Wilborn, Stephen A. Smith, uh, Rest is Told, Stuart Scott, people like that that did something with that platform and made it a wide open area for persons like yourself to be more interested in covering sports and, and, and actually doing it from the point of view of, you know, narrations that people could get behind. Wow, this is gambling point. Before we get to this week's picks, let's recap week five. Cardo, congratulations. Man, man, trying to get there. Trying to get, trying to get with John, literally. So in week five, Cardo had his best week of the season going four and one. <laughs> I never imagined hearing the air, hearing the air horns behind me. I'm so, I'm so excited about this. So excited! It's the highest honor. Yeah. Did yeah. not hit his lock of the week. You know what? This is this is such a card of week because you're going four <laughs> and one, right? But then you didn't hit your lock of the week. Your underdog didn't cover, and on parlays you went two for four. Yeah. You know you can't get it all. You got to start somewhere. So the week before parlays were lit. You know what I mean? That's true. Locks was lit. You know what I mean? Underdog was lit then. Your picks fall off. So now I, I got to bring it all together in week six. This is a learning process. A down week for John, but still above 503 and two on the week. Still above the clouds. That man get traveled. I, 
like John told me where he was, and I literally was surprised. No, by it that, was I'm funny. Like, how it was funny. Now I was like, "Bro, you in Canada? Why? How? Like, when did that happen? You was just in. Uh, what is going on? Like, you realize every time we record, he's in a different city. Right? Yep, yep, yep. Best life. He also hit on his lock of the week and his underdog covered. He flipped both middle fingers up at us when we tried to get him to send a parlay, so we, we don't have that. He also didn't send us one this week, because as I said earlier, John don't give a shit about us while he's on this road. <laughs> he really does it. So I went... Uh, I went one for four this week. Talk to the people. We don't have a sound for me. I did hit on my lock of the week, though. My underdog did cover, and for my 10-part parlay, 7 out of 10. Not terrible. I mean, for a 10-part parlay, that's that's kind of impressive. But you need all 10 to get that money. Though. I know, I know, but still, listen, given where we're at on this podcast, that's impressive. I'm tired of these moral victories, though. Jim Moore, you play to win the game. You see, most gamblers, when they go to gamble, they go to win. When we go to gamble, we go to lose, subconsciously. Feeling good about this week, Carter. I, I, I hope we all feel good about this week next week, but we'll see. <laughs> no, we ain't even got to go as far to next week, Sunday afternoon, because by Sunday afternoon, we know. Nah, it's be dead trouble on Sunday in that chat, though. Everybody like, boy, here's some. We cursing out all of these people, arguing like, do you not understand everything is riding on y'all? I was so own? mad Monday morning because I'm like, but y'all, I feel like they should feel it that I picked them to do something special. Yeah. Let's get it done, bro. This is a common take you have, and I don't understand why you think they get it. Daniel Jones, man. Did I ever press record on this thing? That would be funny. I'm pretty sure I pressed that. That's blinking. Does that mean I pressed that? No, I didn't press that. <laughs> So, Dolphins, Jaguars on the road for both teams in London. As we know, the NFL only sends their worst exports to London. And the people in England continue to be punished. I feel it's because they don't want to see real football because, you know, the wording, football, football, soccer, and all that, blah, blah, blah. So, they want to continue to send the worst teams as they can. They follow up Jets and Falcons with Dolphins, Jaguars. One win between them for these teams. We're in week six. I don't I don't I don't understand anymore. I, I feel like whoever's in charge of the NFL London relationship from the London end should just like petition. Like it it, it doesn't make sense anymore. I am also I wish they had a line on this over under the amount of people that forget football is on at nine thirty in the morning because I am never gonna remember these games. Never, not one time. No, last week it was rough. I remember just scrolling through the channel. like, oh, yeah, football on. And it was like down the third quarter, and Kyle Pitts had all the, all the yards. Like, We should have had that on my – I should have gotten Jamaican air horns for that because I was pretty positive that was going to be the Kyle Pitts week. I mean, what? how long was it going to take my Ryan to figure that out? I don't know. Anyway. Apparently it was four weeks, so four over, and a half. Dolphins favored by three and a half in London, over, under on this game, 46 points – in my notes, I actually don't have a team picked. I mean, I know who I'm going to pick. But at the time when I did this, that was when the news broke that Tua was back on the field for practice. And I hate myself for this kind of fandom, right? Because I was done with this team. I was done with this season. I was ready to pack it in. And then I see one clip of Tua throwing some slants and Dan Marino walks onto the field at practice. 
And I just hated myself for going, oh, shit, Dan Marino going to talk to him. Like, Dan Marino's going to fix this entire thing right now. Right, Why do I think that? It makes no sense to think that. It's the stupidest thing I could possibly think in this moment. I legit keep telling people, especially with him and woman, if you want a happy marriage, legit, just marry a dolphin fan and keep a jersey on. He'll never leave. As long as that jersey on, he'll never leave. Like, legit. It's like some sort of spell cast on Bahamian man. The but like it, I don't get it. We dumb, but we dumb. Like I tried, I tried a couple of years ago. We we made it a running series on the podcast. Me searching for a new team. Like I was at the beginning of this Browns restructure, and then I thought it was going to be the Rams for a while. But I tried, and I just ended up back with the Dolphins. I like I have I have to be a masochist or something. Yeah. Like, you have to be drawn to pain. Like I don't get it. Like I. I I was enjoying football every week, and then Tua had to come back, and then Marino had to be on the field. Like, it's those combination of things. And I'm like, I, I don't understand. The closest I've ever been to a Dolphin fan is the Walmart right outside the stadium. Yeah. Yeah. One of my favorite Walmarts, by the way. It's a good Walmart. I had to get a carrot from the Mr. Very Important Player. It's one of our, one of our <laughs> favorite stories. I mean, who expected Kenyon Drake to do that? Uh, Gronk didn't. Anyway, so the Jaguars obviously still searching for their first win. Urban Meyer, by the way, completely bailed out by John Gruden and everything that was happening. Oh, no, no, your boys. No, your boys. <laughs> Urban Meyer was dominating the news cycle for four straight days. John Gruden say some hate, hateful shit, and that was it. I fully believe that Urban Meyer had something to do with those oh, emails he, being leaked. He's he, just like, now, hit it now. That CMG was whining on him in the bar. <laughs> leaked, leaked these emails. <laughs> to get him out of this I shit. thought it was him, like, employing Tim Tebow to do some undercover stuff. Like, that's how I imagine it in my mind. So, headed into this game, right, let's give you some context. Jaguars, they became only the second team in NFL history to lose 20 straight games. Like, that's that's what you're dealing with the Jaguars here. They are historically bad. They have a rookie quarterback placed in an awful position. Like, as great as Trevor Lawrence may turn out to be, he is in the worst position of all the rookie quarterbacks. It's awful. There's no structure. You know this head coach is not going to be here for a long time, so you can already start planning next year. He's got to learn a new scheme, new system, all of that. But what I don't understand about the process, right, and watching the Jaguars over the last couple of weeks, why in the world would you bring Urban Meyer if there was not complete buy-in? Why? I never trust that straight college to NFL transition, especially with a character like this who was so dominant in college. Maybe if it's one of those young up-and-coming coaches, but somebody who, who has who has been imprinted by the college game and their whole identity is that where they have complete control, I don't see how that transitions well to the NFL and not the 21st century NFL because these are not the same kind of dudes that was around 30, 40 years ago. Yep. It just does not work. Like, I did not think Urban Meyer's style was going to work for the same reasons Nick Saban's style really didn't work great either because having complete control like that in the NFL right away, you got to earn that from these dudes, these grown-ass men. Like I was about to say, like, you earning money, they earning money. It's a job to everyone. Some of them more than you. <laughs> So it has to be a respect factor, which is why John Gruden had to get fired. These dudes don't respect you. It ain't going to work. John Gruden going back to college, you know. Tennessee? I tell you, man, I love football so much. There's no way I'm going to stay away from this game, man. I'm a football guy. Well, how was that? Let it sit. Let it sit. Right. Jamaican Airlines for that, though. 
submitted fake John Gruden. So, just because two is back, I'm going Dolphins. Shit, I hate myself for this. No, I can't knock you for that. That's literally all I needed to know. So, when I saw the news, the two was I I could pick her up in my ass, too. Tua. Dolphins. I also, a part of this just wants them to keep losing because I need to see that vein in Urban Meyer's head explode. He lives and dies with every single play. That shit is funny. Well, good luck. It's a bad game, though. It's, it's going to be a horrible game. What? No, listen, this none of the pick stuff is about it being a good game. This game is going to be god-awful. Why I'm so upset about this game is the fact that I know so many Dolphin fans. Yeah. So they could be up super early on Sunday. You know how loud they is get at 9 o'clock in the morning for No, bro. Yeah. It's ridiculous. Dog, the crazy shit is, like... <laughs> and we could be... Knowing that we shitty, right? We still could be over the top with this. Oh, no, that's... that's all, of, all of those other games didn't count because Tua wasn't Let there. me explain something <laughs> to you. Let me explain <laughs> something to you. There's a running theory that the worst fans in the world are Laker fans. There's nothing worse than a Dolphin fan. Like, Emil, n- Nothing. That's fair because they like, can lose by thirty points yeah. and try to sell you on a moral victory, bro. Where was it? Yeah, but you see what two do? Two passes. No, I I agree with that because with Dolphins fans, there's that honor and arrogance. With Laker fans, there's so many titles behind that. 16. So I get it. About to be seventeen. Yeah. All right. Moving on to game two, game of the week vibes early. Chargers on the road at the Ravens. Ravens favored by three. Now, listen. Oh, the over-under on this game, 51.5 points. I am not going to say that the face of the league can be decided in a single regular season game it can. in October. It I'm can. not going to say that. Okay. I just did. I'm, gla- I'm glad you said it. Because this is it. Face of the league game right here. Whoever wins this game is now the new face of the NFL. The loser has to leave forever. Plot twist. There's two sides to the face of the league conversation. Go on. There's our side. The ones who were celebrating that Dr. Dre and his old team is going to do the Super Bowl halftime. And the John Gruden side of the league, man. Yeah, that fully expected some bluegrass Tennessee mix. Email chain, man. <laughs> Football guy. Spider 2Y banana. Jamaican Air on set, man. <laughs> but th- those guys are going to be full on Justin Herbert. So I think either way we walk away, being confident that the guy that we wanted to, quote unquote, be the face of the league. This, it, this is the game that he's going to prove it. I think both quarterbacks play well. Love football, man, but hate minorities. Too many minorities in the game, man. Just ruining everything we've built. Funny That's thing is, not till just now I realized how much John Gruden sounds like Macho Man Randy Savage. Yes! Yes, they are really similar. Except that I think Macho Man was actually more progressive. Not with Miss Elizabeth, though. Very, very troublesome with the way that whole thing happened. It was the 80s. It was wild. Plenty coke. You go back and look at those storylines with him and Hulk Hogan and Miss Elizabeth. That shit was insane. That could not happen today. No, it could. It could. It could. could. Yeah. Stuff. Vince McMahon's only way to bring wrestling to people was through racial stereotypes. Like, that was the thing. It still happens today. On the same level? Bruh. There was a group just straight up called the Lesbians. Like, they didn't even try to write that. It was just lesbians. You ready for this? There's an all-back group with three of what some consider the best wrestlers right now called the New Day. That's that's a big E in them. Yeah. yeah. See, I don't keep a wrestling, but I know some of this stuff. Yeah. They're the New Day. They, they wear PLP shirts? I was hoping. The PLP actually used it on the campaign trail. 
They use Big E? Yeah. <laughs> but the point is, why does the all black trio need to be called the New Day? Because we know what the old day is. Okay. Once we get with that. But shout out to them. <laughs> and by the way, it's not even an old day. It's like the same day. They should just be called later on in the same day. But, but all, all the black tag teams, let me name you some. Primetime players. Oh, Jesus Christ. Street Profits. <laughs> Tell you what, man. John Gruden must be writing for the WWE, it's, man. It's highly plausible. Could have always been a guy in the room. <laughs> Chargers and Ravens. Now, y'all know how I feel about Lamar Jackson. Like, I feel like the fate of football hinges on Lamar Jackson. That's how over the top I am. With he this. feels the same way. I, and he plays like that every possession. I mean, they are relying on him too much. Like, in terms of what an MVP is, and I saw Mina Kahn say this, right? You may not consider him the MVP of the league, but there's no single player in football that means more to their team than Lamar Jackson does. That's that's just the way it is. Like, they cannot survive, uh, not not even subpar, they can't survive an average Lamar Jackson game. Brian, I still tell you, it's more than just for the Ravens. It's what he means to that city and... To take it a step further is what he means for the culture of black football. Yeah. Like, he's, he, he's that guy. He's that important. To the point that I was in a conversation last week after the comeback, the second yeah. half comeback. And the person I was talking to was like, you have to look at the way he handles himself. Like, any other quarterback, white or whatever, handles himself like that. We, we, we call him a hero. We praise them. We worship them. He's doing the exact same thing and still being vilified. And I was like, shit, you sound like now, bro. I mean, because it's so obvious to see. And I am happy that he's not budging off the sport of who he is. That's what, like, we had the Stephen A. Smith early, quote earlier talking about authenticity. That's straight up what Lamar Jackson is. Like, it's difficult for me to even pick this game because of football reasons. Because I love both of these teams on the other side. That's like, why just I started the narrative. Like, I think both quarterbacks have a way to come out of this game unscathed. Still looking good. Still be an MVP candidate. I can't remember the last time Justin Herbert had a bad play. Mm. When was the last Justin Herbert bad play? It's ridiculous. Getting and drafted by the Chargers. Turns out that that was a great play because he almost went to the Dolphins. Now that you say it, no bad plays. No bad, no bad plays. plays and then on top of that, their coach just had the best answer to all of this John Gruden stuff. He went on for two minutes and it was the perfect soliloquy. He could... It, he was on a Martin Luther King, Malcolm X level of being a great public orator just on the fly. And I sat there and I said, Jesus Christ, I wish that that was my coach. That man is amazing. And now I don't even know if I could pick against the Chargers. It makes this game so difficult, but I ain't going against Lamar. I'm taking the Ravens at home. New face of the league. Again. Again. Okay. This is a bit tougher for me. Uh all for the strength that I want to I, I wanna pull an out. I want to support the whole idea just because he's a black quarterback. But Justin Herbert's so good at football. He's really good at football. And he has the better team. Not and like I'm going to lean to the wards, the better team this week, and I'm going to take the Chargers. Hmm. Sunday Samuel Jr. Hmm. Hey, boy. Usually it's be your own people. No, but you're free to pick who you want on this podcast. That's, that's the way it is. Like, we're supposed to be, you know, judging with our heads and with our... Now I got a football game in a couple of weeks. I got to see the Chargers play. Limited football knowledge. You can't get me a Sunday Samuel Jr. jersey. Dog pick against Lamar. Hey, what else you got to do? So you can I've consistently now, picked yeah. against Lamar. Yeah, I, I know. <laughs> I know. I make note. 
I check it twice. <laughs> I can't make him the face of the AFC because then, you know, we ain't going to have over another Super Bowl. You can't beat Lamar. Anyway, moving on to game three. Texan Davis Mills. Listen, we had a lot of disparaging Davis Mills things to say on last podcast. And he went out there to prove a point directly to us. Like, that was a shot at us. And I hear you, dog. Davis Mills and the Texans on the road playing the Colts. Colts favored by nine and a half. It's a big line over under on this game. How do you get favored by nine and a half after blowing a second half? 13. But they were up 22 to nine. Yeah. That's what? My mouth a little off. 13 points. But yeah, I know I was right. Uh, powerful. How do, you, how do you get favored by nine? I mean, Mills just almost beat the Patriots last week. In my mind, that's a big deal. I mean, that's, that's a big deal Vegas to me. don't think so. That's a big deal. <laughs> what this means is Vegas, what's this telling you is Vegas respects the Ravens much more than they respect the Patriots. Because the comeback against the Ravens has the Colts valued more than the Texans almost beating the Pats. Fair. Like straight up. They Fair. just saying the Pats really don't That's why I'm taking the Colts in this game. To prove a point. I don't know what the point is, but I'm proving it today. It's so hard for me to like the Colts because I hate them because they just ain't playing much. Well, you know who might? Leonard's so upset. That dude held a place-only meeting. Talk shit to everybody. At halftime, when they came out, he held another meeting on the sideline. Let's not <laughs> F this up. Promptly at the start of the fourth quarter, he rallied them dudes again. Bro, we effing this up. Get it together. You know what them dudes do? Finish lay egg. You know how mad he is, but he about to break up everybody if they lose this week. That's another meeting. Man, bro. <laughs> He's an angry man. From you see a man can pick up a fumble and try to score himself and still lateral it. That man, like, yeah, hey. Because at that point, he was like, dog, this offense ain't gonna do it. You know what you know what the crazy shit is? They wasted that incredible Carson Wentz game. Because that... That ain't coming again. No, that ain't coming again. Might still tell y'all, bro. But shout out to the Colts. But I still picking the Colts, though. I, I, I can't believe that Davis Mills going to do that again. I'm sorry. No, he can't. That ain't happening. Colts at home. Nine and a half. Please play Mike. Jesus Christ. I mean, nothing else happening. Pascal all day. T.Y. Hilton coming back. They can still throw it to Pascal. I don't know. It's just something that Carson Wentz thinks. That Pascal is like the next Randy Moss. I don't, I don't understand it. A game that Cardo personally requested be in our list of five. I wasn't going to put it there, but he wanted this game here. The Cowboys on the road headed to Foxborough to face the Pats. Cowboys favored by four and a half. Line on this game. Sorry, the over-under on this game, 49 and a half points. How about it? I don't really have much to say on this. I can't go a week without picking the Patriots, bro. You, you know why we're doing the what podcast. What do you mean? That is, that is not why we're doing we're the podcast. We're doing the podcast to celebrate the fact that Mark Jones is the future of the league. That is absolutely not why we're doing Legit, the podcast. Legit, it said that on my contract. When to I anybody, signed up, it said we're celebrating the fact that Mark Jones is going to be the future of the league. To anybody listening to this, nobody, including the person that said it, thinks that Mark Jones is going to be the future of this league. A little bit. I believe it a little bit. We just spent like two minutes on Lamar Jackson and Justin Herbert. Super Bowl 2024. Jamaican Airhorns. This is why I got we tell Jordan come back. He would have Jamaican Airhorns at that point. The Cowboys have probably one of the best off, one of if not the best offense in the league. I think it's the best. Like next no, to Buffalo the Chargers, probably has the best. Next to the Chargers, Buffalo, and maybe Tampa Bay if Tom Brady is on, fourth best offense in the league. And we just gave I up think, a ton of yards, though. I think their offense may be better than the Chargers. 
Austin Eckler having a good day? I don't know. I don't know. But Ezekiel Elliott has more good days than Austin Eckler. Uh, they actually have two running backs that are better than Austin Eckler. Nah, but for what he's doing this season, I think Austin Eckler is a pretty good player. If Pollard was starting on it, I'm not saying Austin. That's oh, no. not a knock on Austin Eckler. I'm just saying this Cowboys offense is really, really talented. Fourth best offense in the league. All right, fine. Whatever. Fourth best is still great enough to blow the Patriots. I'm taking the Cowboys on the road. You're making no sense. They also have the the leading candidate for defensive player of the year. He's so good at football. In my personal record. But that Diggs family, amazing. I mean, you got to get that good if you're covering Stephon Diggs in the the backyard all day. That's true. I can't wait till they play Buffalo. But this this is what more coaches have to do, though, because, like, his pick that he had last Sunday... That is clearly somebody who used to play receiver and has good ball skills. Take pause, a, pause, pause, pause. Pause. Take a receiver who is not that great at, at catching. They probably could have done this with Cordero Patterson. Turn him into a DB and he's elite. It's what they did with Richard Sherman. Richard Sherman went to Stanford playing receiver. They was like, nah, play DB. Hall of Famer. Hey, but Cordero Patterson is a really good running back now. Could have been a Hall of Fame DB. Who knows? Might be a Hall of Fame running back. He, no, no. He, he only need like five good years at running back. He don't have that left. Watch it. Watch it. Road. You don't even have that. What are we watching? We're going to watch Mark Jones become the best quarterback in the league. All right. Oh, more Game of the Week vibes. This is going to be a tough week. <laughs> Cardinals at Browns. Oh, the poor Browns in this schedule, dog. Hey, somebody that I really hate to The poor bro. Browns in the schedule. Like, really... <laughs> Over under on this game, 50. Browns favored by three at home. Baker Mayfield showing you that you really don't have to take that labrum injury into account because he's still going to ball out. Tough road for the Cardinals, though, because Chandler Jones on the COVID list. No Chandler Jones. Tell you, but there's a lot going on in his life. Let me tell you something. Since you and John started your Chandler Jones thing, it has been all downhill. I don't even know if that mind got another sock since then. No, like and legit. now it's like, COVID. Like, like legit. I think it, it. we probably had a fan club meeting way too early, and he heard, and he was like, yeah, but I with this. So you just start playing football? Yeah. And that's what happened since then. I'm going Cardinals on the road. She was I a think, wild boy. I so. think Kyla Murray... Keeps the Cardinals undefeated. More disorganization or organization this week from Carlo. I only We only know one way to play, baby. All right. I think uh, the Browns suffer heartbreak again, and Browns fans start to feel like it's the same old Browns. Even though it's not, even though this is a really good team, for all I know, this, this kind of has, you get the feeling that this has to be the Odell week, right? Yeah, yeah. Odell week, I think uh, Hunt has a big game, and I think for some strange reason, I just see Garrett Clowney combined in on tackle and just taking Kyler Murray at the game. That's what I see happening. I, can, I'm, I think I want to change. Yeah. I'm picking the Browns. No, but no. Last time it was close. Last time it was close, and I went Rams over Kyler Murray. And then you do it. John got the jersey for you. Can't do it. Stick with Kylo. I'm going to take the Browns. I'm staying with, I'm staying with Kylo. All right. John's picks. He's going Dolphins, Chargers, Colts, Raiders. Oh, no, not Raiders. We changed that game. Cowboys. He's definitely going to take the Patriots. Come on. He, John is not taking. I feel confident in saying that John is picking Cowboys. I feel like I know John. I feel like he likes McDonald's fries cold. I think he'd take the Patriots. I'm messaging. I'm messaging John right now. Oh, he just... Oh, he sent the parlay. John, Cowboys or Pats? As we wait. 
Actually, no, I'm just going to send the voice note live as we record the podcast. John, Cardo is swearing up and down that you would pick the Pats over the Cowboys. I think that's ridiculous. Can you please send us a voice note verifying that you absolutely are picking the Cowboys and nobody believes in the ridiculous um, Patriots face of the league crap? It's the reason we do the pod. It's not the reason we do the pod. Uh, we should have John's answer in a few. He actually typed the answer in there, but I want him to verbalize it. And <laughs> he said the exact John thing that I expect him to say. Go ahead. It's my guy. No, I'm going to I'm gonna wait until he sends the voice note. But so, let's see. He agreed with me on the Dolphins. That's a pick because two is back. He agrees with you on the Chargers because he loves Justin Herbert. He picked, we all begrudgingly picked the Colts because we kind of hate them for what's happening with the whole Mike Strong situation. Hate y'all. And, of course, he is an Arizona guy, so he's going with the Cardinals. But he's going to go Cowboys. Like, that That one is pretty much set in stone. Can we move on to locks of the week now? Go ahead. Go ahead. Thank you. So, for my lock of the week... I think that when a coach that everyone hates is removed from a situation, players up their game like three points. It's like when when people say when you take a road trip, anything that you bag on the road is worth two points higher than it would be when you bag at home. I think this is the same kind of theory when the coach you hate leaves. Because now you got to prove a point that it was just him being shitty. It had nothing to do with us. So last week the Ravens, sorry, Raiders, Played under the cloud of hate that John Gruden just put over the entire organization, man. And now they get to move forward without him. I have no idea who the coach is, but I'm assuming that yeah, he's a special teams coach. He yeah. has some Italian last names I know about to be one. Oh, God. They're about to be one. Italian last name? How yeah. close is he? Do you have any idea on how close he is to Italian culture? Is he more Sopranos or more progressive? Because, like, I'm currently binging the Sopranos again. I, do and you plan to watch the movie? I, I did. I did. Oh. I, that's what started the prequel. That's what started me. Uh, I watched Many Saints of Newark, and that's when I said I had to re-binge Sopranos. And let me tell you what I forgot. How racist these dudes are. Bro, it's New Jersey. Yeah. Yeah. I'm assuming he's more progressive, though. I hope I'm pronouncing this right. His name is Rich Biskio. I am positive you got that wrong, but that's all right. Better you. B I S A C C I A. I'm calling him Rich. Rich Raiders is what his name is. Yeah, all right. So Rich Raiders leading the team now, and I think this makes them a lock. The Broncos are favored by three at home. Over under on this game is 44 and a half. I don't think it matters. I think Rich Raiders leads the Broncos and uh, sorry, Rich Raiders leads the Raiders. No, he can lead the Broncos soon. <laughs> That's how the division works. This defense is gonna ball out. This defense is going to have the one game that they need to have. This is one of those games where I feel like in fantasy you pick up as much Raiders as possible because they are going to have their best game of the season. It's all gonna come crashing down. But now you got like that new car smell. Mm-hmm. You got John Gruden out the building. Caleb Nasser's getting five sacks this game. He's going to be in the D-boy conversation. I'm locking it in. Raiders are winning. Rich Raider. Going on and winning without me, man. That's exactly what it's going to be. Moving on to my lock of the week. Uh, right before the port now, I gave me some very, very important news. Apparently, you could do voice rest. I didn't know it was a thing. I learned that today. 
And that's the reason I'm taking Cincinnati over Detroit. Apparently, Burrow, he had some sort of contusion to the throat. Again, something else I didn't know was possible. And now he's on voice rest. So I don't know how the audibles is going to work. I don't know how any of the communication of the line of scrimmage is going to work. But I know he's going to beat Detroit this week and make Martin Campbell cry once again. So everything pretty much riding on silent counts and stuff like that. Definitely, uh, definitely. I don't know. Or maybe, gestures. Maybe or somebody screaming from the sideline. Maybe he'll be able to talk by Sunday. I don't know. Mm-hmm. But some weird football stuff happens to Joe Burrow. I had no idea you could literally damage your throat during a football game. That's I, some weird stuff. I mean. He's probably down under the huddle too long. Pause. Don't think that's it. John's lock of the week. He is locking in Buffalo to beat the Titans on Monday night. He, like the rest of the world, really is just buying into how great this Bills team is. And they look like they're going to run the AFC East for the next 20 years. So. 20 minutes. Now I'm at 20 minutes. Yeah, lock that in. When you say 20 minutes. Like the first 20 minutes of the game. Right. They're going to run AFC for that time. But but by the time we play at 425. Right. The it'll be. Highest scoring team. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But we could beat the Cowboys. and Best defensive team. Yeah, yeah. We could get interception and then we go. But we could run the AFC East again. What's no. the Patriots record? Two and three. Same record as the Chiefs. So we good. We good. No, but see, the Chiefs have a transcendent. Now nah, we're good. We're good. We have a transcendent quarterback. I help you finish the sentence. Mark Jones. All right, let's go to the underdogs. So my underdog that I think is going to cover the spread, I, me and John share the same thought on this one. He picked them as well. I'm picking the Seahawks. On the road against the Steelers. I picked the same game. We all have the same (laughs) game. Seahawks on the road against the Steelers. Steelers favored by four and a half. Over under on this game is 42.5 points. Here's the thing, right? And all of us picked this game for one reason and one reason only. We don't know if Ben Roethlisberger is better than Geno Smith. At this point in time, we don't. That is a strong indictment to be unsure. First of all, I did not know Geno Smith was still in the league until Russell Wilson's finger bent the wrong way and Geno Smith came in at quarterback. I thought he was done in the streets. Like, he may have been playing uh, CFL, could have been playing Arena League, if that's still a thing. I, if you told me he was in that fledgling league that came out a couple of years ago, American Alliance or whatever, I would have believed that. Did not know Geno Smith was in the NFL. Also... Geno Smith, not terrible. He's not a bad quarterback, but like you said, I didn't know he was in the league. When the announcer said Geno Smith, it's like I know Geno. Geno Smith. I hear the name before. That's familiar. Yes. And then they showed a shot of him. as that that Geno Jet Geno Smith? Jet Geno Smith. Wow, boy. This could be a rough game, but then he came out. Balled out second half was pretty good. I know he not, he definitely better than this version of Ben. They like on the same level, but for in terms of room for growth, I think Gino got it. I don't know. For that reason alone, I don't think the Steelers dominate this game at all. I mean, shoots might even pick the Seahawks straight up to win. I No, I, I I think it's a chance. I just need to see how the first quarter goes and then I know we can't change then, but I think it's very possible that they win this game. The Steelers have so many elements that are like the uh, blackhead coach. Black punter. Hmm. 
only he could do something about the block is white and city I know only you could do something about this quarterback situation. Mm. It's going to work itself out. Usually draft Kentucky players that play well. They got Benny Snell, drafted Bud Dupree a couple of years ago. You know. But then this quarterback situation, though. When he, when he leaving? When he getting out of it? I think he is. Eli gone, Phillip Rivers gone. That's his group. I'll give him another year. This is supposed to be uh, his second to last year because – Aaron Rodgers apparently auditioning for the job. I didn't know you could do that midseason. So Aaron Rodgers auditioned for many jobs uh, this last season. Man. All right, you got your parlors ready? Yep. All right, let's go to parlors. Guys, uh, I'm looking for a parlay. You looking for who? Parlay. P-A-R-L-A-Y. Y'all know parlay? So how many are you going with this week, Carter? Conservative. Five. In so many. Oh, Stepping out of the box. Yeah, I, I only had three marked down, but then you you, you sort of start talking, and I was like, gotta go five. Let's go. All right. Hit us with it. First one, Sam Donald versus the Vikings. I don't know why. For some strange reason, they have Sam Donald going over 256.5 yards, roughly 257. Sam Donald has had an up-and-down season the first four games. He, he he really was riding that wave, making us think he could be comeback player of the year. Last two weeks, little, little, little rough, little rough. Boy, that man almost killed me in fantasy last week. Six points. <laughs> <laughs> Three picks. Let me tell you something about him not playing with Christian McCaffrey. Jesus Christ, he, looked like, he, he looked like he was still with the Jets. I hate to say it, but I'm on regress quick. I was like, oh, this is what Zach Wilson missing. Christian McCaffrey is not the team. They just need a running back. Uh, but, yeah. I'm going to go under on that. I don't think he gets over 257 this game. All right. Uh, number two, up and running. Uh, I think John Taylor, he had a big week last week. One of the more impressive things about that Ravens-Cults game. Also, from the almost killed me in fantasy. Yeah, but uh, this week they haven't projected to get over 15 and a half carries. I'm going to take the under on that, I think. I, I just don't see the Cults handing it off that ball. They're trying to make this... Naeem Himes, uh, yeah. Jonathan Taylor thing, like the two-headed monster that we see in Dallas. So I think they split carries, and I, I don't see them running the ball more than 25 times. So I think he gets somewhere around probably 12, 12 and a half. And also, so I'm the, take only, the, under. The, also the only reason I think they even started to give him carries because he took that one screen past 76 yards early. And so when someone's having a game like that, you got to keep giving them the ball. And what was strange see. about that play is like it came out of nowhere. Nowhere. It was, I think it was the second or third play yeah, uh, third. of the drive. Uh, next up, we have Ravens v. Chargers this week. Uh, over 52 points is the projection. Definitely going to take the over. Plenty points can be scored in that game. Plenty. Basically a game. Yep. Uh, fourth, we have Matthew Stafford versus the Giants. The only reason I take an over, the over is 285 passing yards. It's 285 and a half passing yards. Going to take the over just because it's the Giants. They don't have uh, Saquon Barkley. They don't have anybody. Like seven <laughs> Giants starters. My We're guy, Matt, Daniel Jones, I, I I don't know where he's at right now. I'm missing him a lot. It's very sad. It th- this is this is turning into something else, and I'm <laughs> starting to I'm officially voicing my concern right now. <laughs> I'm gonna take Matthew Stafford. Doesn't even over. play for your team. Two hundred eighty-five and a half. He fast or not? Pause. He fast. Are you? <laughs> yes. <laughs> Last parlay of the week: uh, Derek Carr versus the Broncos. Uh, they have his, they, is this weird flex? They trying to figure out his longest completion this week. Yeah. 30 and a half is where the, where the line sits. I think he gets a 31-yard pass. I agree. 
to Ev- rugs this week. Every time he hit rugs, it's like the Stafford, Deshaun Jackson connection. You know it's going to be a big play. This week, I think he hits him for more than 30 yards. I'm betting big on everything Raiders this week. Because <laughs> let me tell you something. Exercising the demons of Hateful Eight being out of there is Hateful going to eight. make... I love it. Eight different minority groups. He's just going after everybody. I just think that that is going to... That's the rising tide that's going to lift all the ships. I'm betting heavy on the Raiders this week with anything. Before we get to John, that was that was your last one. Yeah. Before we get to John's parlay, is though he has the message that he wanted the listeners and Cardo himself to hear because I don't know why Cardo thought John was picking the Patriots, but here you go. Cardo, you realize who the Patriots playing and how bad they looked last week and how bad they looked the week before and the Dolphins beat them, but you also dead. Get you hip from around there. You gotta you gotta think logical here, right? I'm putting money down on this. I'm going with the Cowboys. The Cowboys have torn up defenses in this league. You out here saying the Patriots? I know my Grammy was from Boston, right? The Cowboys, man. Wait, end the podcast. Just just tell Carter to go home. So I'm going to translate that for you. What John meant to say is that Mark Jones has looked really, really good the last few weeks. And there's a very possible chance that they could beat the Cowboys. But given the fact that he isn't too sure about our defense, he's going to lean towards the Cowboys this week. Wow, you don't understand white people language. That's not what he said at all. <laughs> You're a horrible translator. He said the exact opposite. John's going Cowboys. And let's get to his parlays. He is taking Mike Evans over 67 and a half receiving yards. Why would they pick Mike Evans? Geno Smith. Some days, some days Tom Brady spreads it around. And for the exact reason, anyway, I'm going to get to that with Mike No, they feel, like, they feel like Tom Brady ain't going to finish the game. Aaron Rodgers over 258.5 passing yards. Jacoby Brissett over <laughs> a half interception. I don't know why John picked that because Jacoby Brissett ain't going to play unless he is thinking two is going to get hurt again. I don't know. Uh, Ryan That's Tom- why I say it. You got to watch the way John picked these. Him in Vegas, they on the same wave. What kind of line <laughs> is this? Ryan Tannehill over 12.5 rushing yards. And he's going Trey Lance under 40 and a half rushing yards. Smart money. Smart money. Got to give John credit. He did some research there. I'm shocked. Yeah. Mike Evans. All right. So my parlay, I'm going with the 10-parter again because I just like the idea of picking these 10 parlays. So John went uh, Mike Evans with the over. I'm actually going Chris Garden with the over this week because – like I said, Tom Brady has a thing about making sure all of his targets are satisfied from a week-to-week basis. Mike Evans has been having some really good weeks, and we all know what the drama would Well, not really drama, but it was obvious that Mike Evans wasn't as integrated into the offense as he wanted to be last year. Chris Godwin's kind of fallen out now since Antonio Brown has become more prominent, but I think this is the week that Godwin kind of corrects a lot of that, that. Well, Brady is the one that's going to correct a lot of that in there. And I think Godwin gets over 62 and a half receiving yards. I'm going Rams running back Daryl Henderson for over 76 and a half rushing yards. Last two weeks, he's broken the 80-yard barrier. I think this is the week he finally gets his 100-yard game. Going Jalen Hurts, over 44 and a half rushing yards. Like I said earlier, betting heavy on everything Raiders. Derek Carr, over one and a half passing touchdowns. He's going to get at least three. I feel like he's getting three. Jacobs is getting two rushing touchdowns. Mm-hmm. This team is scoring no less than 35. 
Big Ben over. He's going to throw at least one pick off the ball. What's the over under? Half. Half. Just like Jacoby Brissett. Big Ben over. Hammer that over. He's going to throw more than one. Again, another Raiders bet. Josh Jacobs take the over 52 and a half rushing yards. Telling you, Broncos in trouble. Going to win without me, man. Matthew Stafford over 285 passing yards because the Rams, they need to get back in the conversation. I feel like the last two weeks, the Rams kind of fell out of the conversation we were having about the great teams because they were up there once they beat the, once they beat the Buccaneers. People kind of trailed off from that a little bit. Matthew Stafford gets them back there eventually this week. And for my team, Parley is over-unders. Bills and Titans on Monday night. I'm taking the over on the total points. That's 54. How am the over on that? I feel like it's... Even if the Bills are the only high-scoring team, it's going to be enough to get it over 54. Rams and Giants, 48.5 points. Taking the under on that. And and that's because I think the Rams are going to score a lot, but the Giants probably aren't going to score anything. Because Mike Glennon. Rams may win that game like 35 to nothing. It's possible. It's very possible. And it's in LA, right? No, it's in New York. Chiefs at the Washington football team over under 55 and a half. You know what the Chiefs do every time they bounce back from a losing game. Sorry to that man over there on the Washington football team sideline, but they about to go through it. Tyler Heineke could put up some points though because Chiefs defense is god awful, but I think they blow them out. I think they... um. That, that game's going to get over 55 and a half points. Want to talk futures? Is Chandler Jones still there? Chandler Jones ain't even playing, bro. Like, he's out of there. It's, it's a Tavon Diggs kind of world. MVP, the MVP race, we were talking about MVP Sunday night. Me and John were after the Browns-Chargers game and talking about how high Justin Herbert went up in the rankings. Well, Lamar Jackson shot up the rankings after Monday night. So, Talk back in the fast. conversation. That's why this is a face of the league game. I'm just here for that face of the league game. That's really the only game that I want to see. I'm going to be rooting for that like it's a Dolphin game back in the day. Let's talk futures. That was it. That, no. was, that was us talking futures. The future of the league is clearly Mark Jones. <laughs> <laughs> I don't like how you do John Flexing, but last season two out of half the season.